0: Welcome to Red Hill Stories, discussions about faith, life, and Jesus. On this week's episode, I'm sitting down with Cheryl Driggers, a wonderful woman at our church, to hear her story and her walk with the Lord. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't done it yet, to please do us a favor, go to wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that be iTunes or Spotify, and hit the subscribe button. Then if you can also go an extra step for us and share this episode on whatever social media platforms you're a part of, that would also be great. This is just to help us get the word out so that more people can hear about um, the people at our church's stories and all about the goodness of God and knowing how Jesus has changed, has changed people's lives. It's why we do what we do. So. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in with Miss Cheryl Driggers. Welcome. Thank you, Ashley. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this.
1: I know. I know. I've been looking forward to connecting.
0: Yes. Church is always so fast paced, you know, on Sundays, and we've known each other for a long time. I'm yes. I'm trying to think of how long, actually. Um, yeah, prior to Red Hills. Yeah, so has it been like 12 plus years, maybe? Maybe more than that? I don't even know. Yes,
1: yes, I think so. Yeah, I would I would say I think we probably met um, 2010 or 2011. Okay. So how many, where are we now? 2023? So yeah. Yeah, um,
0: that's so good. been a while yeah and it was such a beautiful and pleasant surprise when we saw you at red hills for the first time it was it it just uh was one of the other hundreds of reasons why I knew that we should be here (laughs) because you and Jason are here
1: (laughs) oh well we loved seeing familiar faces too so yeah we we loved that God brought our paths back together
0: It's so good so good all right. Well, we like to start with a little silly something. So, tell us something that maybe not very many people know about you. Okay. Um.
1: So I have racked my brain today. Um. And it's funny. I I knew this question was coming for months. You know, because I've listened to the podcast and that I I've seen the outline. Um. And I have had a, such a hard time coming up with stuff like this. So I sent my um my mom a text today. I sent my husband a text today. I'm like, what is it that I can share? And they're like, I don't know. Let me think about it. Um, so I I don't know um what I'm I'm just trying to think of maybe what you know a few people don't know about me. Um I think I'm pretty much an open book. I um I love to watch MMA. I used to train MMA. Um and so a lot of people who don't know me maybe are a little surprised that um I like th-
0: such an aggressive sport, but I, I I don't think I have anything really funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's perfect because that's actually what I was I was thinking that you know, you're just really really fit and in shape and I, I am a little bit scared of you like, on a certain level because I know that you could probably just totally, <laughs> you could probably just beat me up. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, I mean, I would like to think that I can beat people up. I always used to joke <laughs> that I missed my calling. I should have been a professional MMA fighter. Um, it, it, I joke with my parents all the time that I should have wrestled in high school and then gone that route. But um, I, I do love to watch um mma and that's something jason and i like to do together and back a long time ago i used to train also it's been a while
0: oh man that is just so neat and yeah it is surprising because you're so you know sweet and feminine and then to think of you in that like era is just like a little crazy and and surprising but but then in a way again i'm I'm not really surprised You're, you're a woman of many talents. So you're, it's like you're a prayer warrior and you're, you're like a real warrior. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) I'm much, I probably,
1: I'm, I'm doing much better at at being a prayer warrior than I probably am at um,
0: doing any other
1: kind of fighting. So
0: I'll I'll stick (laughs) with that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, um, tell us a little bit about um, you and your family before we get into um, starting from the beginning, just so that people kind of know a little bit about who you are, who comes to church with you, that sort of thing.
1: Sure. Uh, So I have been married to uh, my amazing husband, Jason, um, for almost 23 years now. We got married um, in 2000. and we have two kids barrett and madison barrett just graduated from high school so he's 18 and madison my daughter will be turning 17 in just a few weeks she will be entering her senior year of high school next year uh, i um, and so they are the ones who comes to red hills church with me um i am blessed to be a mom and a wife
0: that's wonderful that's awesome um well let's go ahead and and get into the meat of our conversation today. And Cheryl, what is your story? Oh, goodness. Um,
1: So I grew up in a Christian home. Both of my parents uh, worked in uh, Christian education um, most of my life. Uh, They worked at a a university in Chattanooga, Tennessee um, when I was growing up. And then my senior year of high school, my dad moved to Tallahassee, Florida uh to work at a christian school uh, in here in tallahassee and so uh they gave me the option uh either to move down or to finish high school in chattanooga and of course i chose the option to stay in chattanooga and swore i would never live in tallahassee um but never say never <laughs> uh i uh i ended up going to liberty uh, university in lynchburg virginia to college um, I graduated in '97, and I uh, wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. So I, uh, I, I just came to Tallahassee for a couple of weeks to visit, and ended up uh, getting a job uh, here in Tallahassee. And then I met my husband. Um, I met Jason. Uh, we met. Oh goodness, it's probably 90, 1998. Um and then we started
0: dating, and um, the rest is history. <laughs> So good. So what was early life like? Um, Do you have any siblings? I do. I have an older sister.
1: There's two of us. Um, My sister, Michelle, uh, she and her family live in Bainbridge, Florida, where her husband is a pastor in Bainbridge at Grace Church. Uh, They originally, uh, they lived in Dallas, Texas uh, for quite a while and then moved to uh, closer back to us uh, in Bainbridge goodness it's probably been 16 years oh no it's probably been actually over 18 years ago when they moved back um, and so he's in full-time ministry there Um, I'm very close with my family my sister my mom and my dad um, she has four kids also so uh, before I had kids she had kids so I was um the the you know the aunt that always had fun with um the nieces and
0: nephews so family is very important to us that's amazing i have a sister named michelle oh do you really yeah older or younger she's older okay yeah that's so that's so fun i didn't know that okay good so would you say um you have you had a pretty typical childhood normal childhood um, raised in a Christian home, all that, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I did. Um, uh, uh, we were raised in a Christian home, went to a Christian school. Uh, then I, you know, I even went to a Christian college, uh, but I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus until I was an adult. Uh, and I remember, uh, Jason and I were married. We were, uh um, actually involved in a a church where we were um, supposed to be sharing our faith. And so they asked for my faith story of, you know, when I came to know Christ, and I didn't have one. Um, You know, I knew I grew up in church, Uh, I knew all the right things to say, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And um, and so that was the first time that it really hit me of, um, you know, there's been a lot of head knowledge. Um, there's been a lot of rituals of going to church cause that's what's expected. Um, you know, living a certain way cause that's what's expected because of who my parents are, uh, but it wasn't a personal relationship with Jesus. And, uh, so Jason, and I actually got, got, um, saved about the same time, uh, I, you know, we had this conversation together, and his, you know, story was very similar. He grew up in a Christian home, but it there was never a personal relationship with Jesus, uh, and so, um, we, um, you know, dedicated our lives to Jesus. But even then, you know, early on in our marriage, it was, it, you know, I, I, th- I said that prayer. Um, as an adult, like I did as a child. But understanding what it really means to follow Jesus, I I didn't get it. I still didn't get it. Um, And I remember it was, uh, you know, when life got really hard uh, back in about 2009 is when I mean, my life will just never be the same. That was when the Holy Spirit really started opening my spiritual eyes and he he used a very difficult situation to do that. Um, and where I didn't have anything or anyone else to cling to or turn to other than him. And um, you know, as I would pray through that, I you know, I didn't necessarily get the answers I was praying for, but that is when I started to experience that peace that I always heard people talk about. You know, my parents would always tell me, you know, to pray about it and, you know, ask God for his will. And I would pray, you know, uh, you know, in certain times I'm like, I don't get it. He's not telling me anything, but it was, I wasn't in his word. It wasn't a relationship. It was when I got, you know, in those troubled moments, I would run and be, you know, try to pray a prayer and expect to have some revelation of what I should do. Um and so yeah, just almost
0: like just going to God when you were desperately needing something, yes, maybe. Yes. <laughs> yes. When things got yeah. uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So this is really important, I think, in your story, being, you know, raised in a Christian family in the church, i I have a similar story. you know, um in church, probably three times a week, yes <laughs> growing up. I mean Sunday morning, Sunday night, yeah. Wednesday night, <laughs> throwing the the potluck dinner, you know, all every of night, you know <laughs> it's like, and then we've got we've got home groups and we've got vacation Bible school. and we've got all of these things, like you said, to to bring head knowledge mm-hmm. um but I think it is so important um, to understand the difference between knowing about God and then knowing God. And so how exactly did that shift for you? And I know we'll get into your hardship and how God actually used suffering to, to bring you close to him. And that's pretty similar to my story too. We have so much in common, different, different types of trials. and uh, But you know, I think it's important too uh, for me as a a young parent, um, you know, Stanley is seven and Cameron is almost two. It's like, I don't want them. I don't want to just teach them about God. I want to introduce them to God. And so how do we, how did that happen for you? How did it go from head knowledge, um, to that actual relationship?
1: Uh, so for me, it happened back in 2009. Um, and you know God is in all the details I was just I was on a, um, a virtual call today actually a consulting call and it turned into us uh, just having this faith conversation and um, him talking about his a story with him and his his kids who are grown and how God is in all the details um and I that is so true um God orchestrates millions upon millions of details that we don't even realize. Um, and and there will be some that we won't ever realize until we get on the other side of eternity. Mm-hmm. But uh, he had brought a friend into my life uh, who was a strong believer. Uh, she was a wife of a music pastor uh, in Tallahassee, uh, but we just became good friends. And um, I would I uh, was experiencing um, just a-, a struggle like I had never experienced before, and it might sound shallow. Uh, to some people, but we, um, Jason and I, we started a business a year after we were married. Um, we got married in 2000, started a business in 2001. And around 2009, we got um, faced with a lawsuit um, for what was called spoilation of evidence. Um, so we owned a collision repair shop um, And so I always knew that there was liability and we had systems and processes in place, but I had never heard the term spoilation of evidence until we got served. Um, But we got sued for $1.5 million. Oh
0: my God.
1: At the time we had two little kids. We both, I mean, everything that we had was in this business. I mean, it was both of our livelihoods. All of our eggs were in one basket. Um, And at this point in my life, I was 100% full steam ahead, building a career, chasing success. It was all about, you know, how to be most, you know, the best success we could possibly be. And my everything was wrapped up in the business. My identity was wrapped up in the business, everything. And so I remember, um, you know, this came along and I didn't even know what spoilation of evidence meant, much less why we were getting sued for it. And, um, you know, for years, I mean, one of the things that I always just, you know, was proud of, I could put on my fix it hat and fix anything. I mean, you know, problem came up, well, you know, work hard enough, you know, enough grit, you know, you can figure it out, you can fix it, And I could fix this. Uh, and so I remember, um, my friend, um, you know, she would just steadily encourage me like she, um, it was beautiful, just of the way that she always pointed me to Jesus, but it was and something I'd never experienced before. and and that kind of discipleship. Um, you know, it wasn't condescending. It wasn't guilt tripping. um it was it was just beautiful. And I remember um, just having a desire to be in God's Word for the very first time in my life. Now, when I was growing up, like that was a requirement. I was like, like when I was little, I was supposed to read my Bible. And so I would sit there with my Bible open pretending I was reading my Bible. (laughs) I never had this desire, you know, and I remember for the first time just having a desire to be in God's word. And I started in Esther and I have no idea why I started in Esther other than maybe, um, maybe because she was a woman and, that's who I just felt I could relate to me. I, I don't know, but I started there and I remember reading and the Holy spirit impressed on me that he wanted me to do a three-day fast. And at this point in my life, I had never done any kind of spiritual fast ever. Um, that wasn't something that I grew up with. And so um I, I, uh, you know, I followed through, I did the three day fast and it happened to line up with um, something that was going on with a case. And so, you know, in my mind, it was, I was doing this three day fast and then this case was just going to be dismissed and everything was going to be all right. And, you know, I just had this vision in my mind of what was going to happen. Uh, and so I did the three day fast and, um, the, you know, it wasn't the answer that I was praying for but I'll never forget just the peace that that you cannot describe unless you have experienced it just covered me. And, um, and I remember just that encouragement that I felt from the Holy Spirit. And in those three days of just hearing so clearly from him, like I have never heard before. Um, and so then fast forward, that was 2009, fast forward 2010, I had read a book about fasting. At that point, I was really trying to, you know, just everything I could dig into. I was, you know, digging into God's word. I was reading. And uh, I had read a book uh, by uh, the pastor, Jensen Franklin. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Um, and it was on fasting. And I just remember feeling that God was prepping me to do a 21-day Daniel fast, the beginning of 2010. Um, And it's sort of comical because I don't eat fruits and vegetables and that's really pretty much what the Daniel Fest is. So like, it was like, okay, how do I do a Daniel Fest when I don't eat fruits and vegetables?
0: How do you, how do you not eat fruits and vegetables if you're an MMA fighter trainer? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that like what you're supposed to eat if you're into fitness?
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. But I work out really, really hard um to compensate because I don't eat, but I it's a long story, but I gag at fruits and vegetables. Like oh maybe that should have been my funny.
0: What well, is so weird about me? Well, fasting is supposed to be some giving up something that is hard to give up. So, you know, I guess God was sticking it to you on this Daniel fast. <laughs>
1: So I remember. Um, so that was my first twenty-one day Daniel fast, and um, I remember, um, and I forget how far into it I was, but I was traveling to Texas for a meeting, and I was sitting in an airport and um, at a connection flight to go to Texas, and I I, I remember seeing uh, what was going on with the earthquake in Haiti, um, and I just immediately felt moved that God was calling me to go to Haiti. Now, back up a couple years, people had been asking me to go on missions trips, and I told them in no uncertain terms, I have no desire to leave the United States of America. Thank you, but no thank you. My calling is not to go on missions trips. I am not doing that. And I have a, a, a part of my personality where You know, I, I like to people please, and that's something, another thing that God has worked on me over the years. And even in my people pleasing, like I had no desire to go on a missions trip. Like that was just not in who I was. Um, And I remember sitting there in the airport and looking at Jason, Jason and I were traveling together and I'm like, I think I'm supposed to go to Haiti Mm. on disaster relief. And I didn't have a, a passport I had never been outside the United States, nothing, and um, and so I just started really praying through that, and um, when we got back from our meeting, I applied for a passport, and everybody was telling me, you won't have your passport in time, because the, the I ended, I found an organization that actually was familiar with who, uh, they used, they did uh, sports missions trips, but because of the disaster in Haiti, they were doing disaster relief trips to Haiti. And so they had one coming up the beginning of February. But everybody was like, you're not going to get your passport in time. It doesn't make sense. Blah, blah, blah. Well, God, it doesn't have to make logical sense when God's involved. Mm-hmm. And um, I had my passport um, in no time. I mean, I, that so that was sometime in January. Um, I was in Haiti February 6th of that year. Um and that's how fast like my passport came through, everything. I, I remember, you know, just going to the airport, um, trying to leave Tallahassee for my flight. Um their flights weren't going into Haiti at that time. So we were flying or I was flying from Tallahassee to Miami, then Miami to Dominican Republic. And my flight to Tallahassee out of Tallahassee got canceled. And the only next available flight was the next day. Well, by that time the bus would have left Dominican Republic in order to get me to Haiti. And so um, I just knew I was supposed to go on this trip. So I just went down to the next um, counter and bought a different plane ticket with a different airline company, because I knew that's how much I knew I was supposed to go. And um, that was my first time in Haiti um, on a missions trip. And I will just, I will never be the same after that. I. I went thinking I was going to serve them. And what really happened was just an awakening. Um, The Holy Spirit just opened my eyes to how my priorities were so out of whack, Mm. um, so out of alignment of where they should be. Um, And He opened my eyes to so many things while I was over there, but then also just um, He gave me a passion for Haiti. And then just being able to go back over the years, um, has been beautiful. Uh, my mom went with me one year, which was an amazing journey, um, for that. So, um, it, it just, that is so good.
0: Wow. Wow. There are so many details, like you were, you were saying earlier, God is in the details and just even going back to, your discipleship relationship with your friend, you know, God put her in your life. He probably didn't even know what an impact she was having on you. She was just living her life. And you were saying she was giving you just small encouragements here and there, hang in there, being faithful, you know, in her walk. And then through watching her, your, your faith grew and, you know, just in the nick of time (laughs) for for the hardship that um that you were to experience um and i'm so sorry about about that by the way i had no idea that that happened to you guys um and so we we sounds like we knew you at that time and i had no idea you were going through that that's yeah
1: you know um we didn't talk about it. it you know it was one of those things um that we were dealing with we actually um it, it it's a, a very long story it actually our insurance company denied covering um the litigation so we had to litigate for a while just on our own and then it ended up um being dismissed but it took about seven years of going oh. through that um which um you know was really stressful but in the same time it was so beautiful because god opened my eyes to where my identity was to mm. what i was pursuing uh, i was chasing after a career i was chasing for success i was wrapped up in some business with my provider and aspects the farthest thing from the truth god is my provider um, and and he is my protector and um there were so many things um that he revealed um, you know i always say there's so many layers that he is digging out of me and i'm so thankful he doesn't dig them out all at one time um mm. but i just layer by layer he just kept revealing um things that i needed to repent and just die to and um really look to him to fill you know everything that i was trying to fill um you know trying to be successful or trying um to do this or trying to do that through a business um it nothing um was satisfying only jesus that leads me to the next um thing so 2011 um I was really um, praying about, okay, God, you know, I had been to Haiti, God had revealed all these things of how um, I just wasn't living um, the way that he wanted me to live. I was pursuing things that he did not want me pr- to pursue. He wanted me to pursue him. And um, so 2011, uh, I remember, um, I felt that God was calling me to take some seminary classes. And so um, I Signed up for some sem- sem- some online seminary classes, and I I actually went and I I told um, our pastor that I had, you know I signed up for seminary, and then three days later um, our house burned down. Um, oh, and so
0: my
1: god, Ethan um, and I remember like you know um, we had just put the kids to bed, and Jason and I were smelling something really weird. Um, like smoke and at first I was like oh it's probably just the blow dryer I um I had blown dry Madison's hair before I put her to bed um and we kept walking around the room our bedroom and um it's like no I think it's something else <laughs> so we opened the bedroom door the whole house is already engulfed in smoke um and so I run to get the kids from upstairs they were at that time Madison had just turned five Barrett was six um and he ran to the other end of the house. And by that time, the garage was just gone already. Like it was through the roof and it was crazy trying to get all of us out of the house. Um, but I remember even in that chaos, just the peace of God, just knowing that he's still our protector, no matter what. I mean, even when everything that we own is burned to the ground, like there's nothing we own anymore. Um, he's still sovereign he's still in control and all we need is him um and so it was just another of um i absolutely relate it to a spiritual attack of
0: um you know three days later our house burned down (laughs) oh yeah i mean come on that's not even that's not even a question it's like of course that was spiritual attack oh my goodness Oh my goodness! So, what happened next? <laughs> um, you know, it, it's um, it was a challenge. Um,
1: just dealing with the insurance company, um, and everything of trying to get through that process, um, and, and it's actually a little crazy because, you know, the night that it happened, I remember, you know, um, we had some amazing neighbors who took the kids in so they didn't have to watch, you know, just everything burn. Um, and so they let them go into their house and I would, you know, go in and check on them and come back out. And through the chaos, I mean, every fire truck in Tallahassee was at our house. That's oh my massive. And we didn't have, um, our neighborhood didn't have any fire hydrants so they had where they were having to go um like have this you know system set up where you know there was a truck that was there fighting where other trucks were then going to the gas station to you know fill back up and even through all the chaos it was just there was a piece that covered me but then when we got into you know the details um just you know day to day after it trying to you know work through all the details at the insurance company and you know um fighting with them you know just for everything that we had to do and um it's the details that i got you know i would get frustrated in and then god would just remind me i'm in the details i am sovereign like if, if i gave you this piece then i'm giving i can give you this piece now you just have to trust me Um, and so I, I felt like I could trust him with my house burning down, but I wasn't trusting him with the details of figuring it all out after. And so there was a lot that he was still, again, digging out of me trying to, you know, be in control and fix everything and, and have the plan of that's not how he works. (laughs) You know, he doesn't give us the plan when we want the plan. He, he Mm. wants us to trust him through all of that, um, And so it was definitely a a challenging process, but he was so faithful. And um, it's so funny because Jason and I, we, we look back and literally as our house was burning down and we did not realize it. We're having this conversation about adding on to our house um, because I didn't have a home office, but I worked from home a lot because of the kids and we didn't have a guest bedroom. And so we were were talking about the the people that owned our house before us had already, you know, had plans drawn up to add on to it. So we were going to get with them that next week literally we're having this conversation at their house and we don't even know it wait yes you
0: were you were literally making plans to make your house bigger yes and not allowed your house to be burned down
1: (laughs) yes so but he gave us that guest bedroom on our new house he gave us me an office a home office like all the things that we had Mm. talked about you know he gave us in the new house that he had for us that he already had picked out um and so he's just i mean it you know looking back we both are you know laugh a little bit but it just goes back to reaffirming of all of the
0: ways that god is in the details oh my goodness so before we move on i just have to read this for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. And I just I'm just curious in that moment. Were you able to recognize that as a spiritual attack? Like because of the seminary, because you signed up for seminary, yes. were you like you recognized it right away? I did. I, I oh, did. Wow. Um, even to the point of
1: okay, so we were getting ready for bed. I just put lotion on my hands. I couldn't even get our front door open to get out to get me and the kids out of the house because I had just put lotion on my hands and I couldn't get the front door to open. Oh so Jason's God. trying to call 911 and figure out what is going on and my job at this point was to get me and the kids out of the house but I couldn't. Like even like even in this and I knew immediately um and I I I guess that's just I mean the holy spirit's peace just covered um from head to toe. Um
0: Wow, peace that passes all understanding. Yeah, I'm telling you, wow, Cheryl. Well, we're not even like halfway through some of the things that you have <laughs> planned. And I always feel like just—I mean, it's—it's it's almost like we could end it there. But it's like God isn't done with this yet, is He? He has more and more refining to do. And just when we think that, um, you know, we're comfortable. yeah He he wants more of us he wants he wants everything right he does um he
1: does um I so so that was 2011 so fast forward 2015 um you know and and I I was trying to remember I I meant to look it up before we got on the call I think we started at Red Hills 2014 or 2015 I can't remember uh, we were, um, when we started, we were in um, the Lake Ella um, place where we were meeting um, in maybe it's 2014, so 2015, um, I was part of a business networking group for the business. Um, and it was something new that I was doing. Um, I had never really done that, gotten involved in a business networking group before, um, and I joined a business networking group. And part of the responsibilities of being in that group was you were supposed to meet with different members in the group um, once a week. And so there was an eye doctor in the group. um, And so I scheduled an eye doctor's appointment for my what was gonna be my BNI one-on-one with her um, so I figured I'll get I hadn't had an eye appointment in years um, so I figured okay I'll get my eye appointment in that I haven't done in I don't know how long and I'll get my one-to-one for the business networking group and and um, and so I went for my um, appointment and um, I remember everything was taking a little bit longer um, just with she wanted to do some extra tests. And I just figured it's because, you know, it's been 10 years since I've been to the eye doctor. Um, Well, come to find out. um, So this little one on one that I was doing just to have, you know, part of a networking group revealed um, at that appointment that I had what's called a rare genetic eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa, which uh, is a disease that causes you to lose vision. Um, So um from there she referred me to a specialist from this local specialist they referred me to an um specialist uh the first one I went to was uh, at the Baskin Palmer Hospital in Miami Florida um and so I went there a couple of years and uh I think it was 2017 um with my second year that I went down there for an appointment And that one, I went by myself and, um, they told me that I was getting to be borderline of legal to drive. So I made the decision then, well, you will never see my face again because no one is going to tell me I can or can't drive. So I stopped, stopped going to eye doctors at that point. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and. You know during this time also so fast forward several years um, jason and i are expanding our business um collision repair and um, we had grown to three locations um there was a lot of stress that came with that of, of um growing the business and uh he and i were not doing great just in our marriage at all um mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that was part of the reasons why I was at Bascom Palmer by myself. Um, and so, I remember you know just having that conversation with the eye doctor, and um, just being at that time where, uh, you know, to be quite honest, I I didn't know, um,
0: you
1: know, if our marriage was going to survive it. It was a lot of stress, um, and. I remember just praying, um, okay, Lord, I'm losing my vision. I'm losing my independence. Am I losing my marriage? You know, just all of these, these things going on at one time. And, um, again, I went into fix it mode, you know, um, and I went into, okay, I'm in control. No one else is in control. The way I'm going to fix this is I'm not going to eye doctors, you know, I'm not losing my independence and, um but it you know it revealed so much more of me that I needed to again die to um you know I needed to die to my pride still as much as I thought he had dug out my pride um I needed to die to my pride and my marriage and my business um in so many different ways um and then um God just really worked um in both Jason and I and in our marriage and um just really um you know brought us both back together and closer together uh and then in 2018 uh I ended up um I had met an eye doctor as a friend actually she was one of Madison's um travel softball coaches which you know God's in the details God puts Madison on a travel, uh, you know, a travel team that the coach is an eye doctor. Like,
0: how uh-huh. bizarre is that?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, we developed a friendship and I ended up, um, you know, reluctantly going into her for an eye exam. And uh, she just sat down with me and she just told me, it is just, it is not safe for you to drive. I don't want to be the one to tell you this, I, I you know, but you and not drive Mm -hmm. um and so that's when i you know just officially lost my ability to drive and that was um that was that was the hardest part of everything of just losing that independence because i think the hardest thing that i struggled with was like I took my kids to school back then. um, And, you know, on the way to school, that was just our time we, we did morning devotions on the way to school, we always left early and did breakfast together, like that was just our time. And then just to lose that. um, Like, I couldn't go to the grocery store for my family, I couldn't do just basic things. Um,
0: And I
1: I struggled with that for a while. I'm just questioning like, like, why is this happening? Like, Mm -hmm. I was perfectly fine. And now I'm losing vision to the point where I can't even, you know, do things for my family. And so then I went through this, you know, struggle of did I have any value? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Did I have value for my family? I could, you know, there were so many things that I could no longer do. And Mm -hmm you know, I was the one that took the kids everywhere, I was the one that just that was my role. And all of a sudden, Jason had to do that. And so Jason, I mean, that put a lot on him also of just, you know, just things that you don't think about now, he has to be the one that finds time to go to the grocery store, he's got to take the kids everywhere they need to go, or Mm -hmm. um, and then not to think about if there's anywhere I needed to go, you know, it, it was just a lot. And Again, um, you know, God was so hateful, and um he, he, I really felt that He brought me to a point where I had to slow down. Like I was so busy in life, and I was busy with what I thought was a lot of good things. I, had, you know, Jason and I, we had started a nonprofit organization. I was always on the go, whether with the kids, with a nonprofit, with church you know, always go, go, go. And now I was at the point where I couldn't go. All I mm-hmm. could do was sit at the feet of Jesus mm-hmm. and dig into his word and then spend time writing what he's sharing with me. And And as painful as it was, it was beautiful at the same time of just dying to all of those things and knowing that, He's still in the details, whether I like the details or not, that Mm. his plan for me is still good. I don't have to understand it. But he is sovereign and he works all things together for the good of those who love him. It doesn't mean that life's easy. It doesn't mean that everything is going to work out the way I want it to work out unless I align my desires with him. And if I align my desires with him,
0: then I can't go wrong. Well, Cheryl, that's so good. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, I can't imagine how difficult every single one of those events could have been, you know, and then to have them. So back to back to back, you know, um, Wow. Um, something that you said really stood out to me. Um, you were talking about, you know, you were the one that used to do, 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 <laughs> and, um, you were really a go getter and really focused on success. And I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with. Um, I think, um uh, men and women struggle with that, but I think, um, you mentioned value and how, like, you know, Am I even valuable anymore? You know, what do I bring, um, to my family? I can't do the things I used to do. Um, and just, I think that that's something our, um, our culture really needs to understand is that our identity is not found in what we do. You know, and our value is not determined by what we can or can't do. Um, our our identity is being a child of God Amen, and being filled with his presence (laughs) Amen. and um everything we do is because he's um given us the ability to do it in the first place and so um like you said we must align our desires with him um and it and it's you know i think a lot of people will wrestle with this because it's it's the things you were doing were not weren't evil they weren't ungodly right, right? um and so i you know, and I'll, I'll even take another turn here into, um, the prosperity gospel myth, you know, um, that a lot of, a lot of people are dealing with, um, in our culture, it's like, okay, well, Lord, um, I'm doing all the right things here. I'm being faithful, Lord. Um, I'm living for you. I'm working hard. I'm, you know, keeping my family together. I'm even, I'm even staying faithful to you, despite all of these hardships I've, I've gone through Lord. So why am I not being blessed? You know? Um, so how do you, how do you handle that? And, um, what would you say about, um, the prosperity gospel myth that a lot of people are dealing with these days? Yeah. Um,
1: so, you know, hearing you talk, this reminded me of, you know, what we're studying in First Samuel, because one of the things that just keeps coming um, as we're studying First Samuel is, um, you know, Samuel searched for God with all of his heart, like all, all of his heart. Um, and so, you know, before I was doing, 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 but I don't know that I was searching for God with all of my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were times I was searching for answers from God. I was searching, okay, what do you want me to do? Um, and, and not that that's bad. I, I want to be obedient, but there's a difference in just searching for God, just sitting at the feet of Jesus to be in his presence and just to, just to know his heart. And then there's, you know, just to get answers, or to get this, or to get that, or, um, and so just really aligning everything within me of, I just want to search for God. I want to surrender every single day, um, every single minute, sometimes (laughs) I I find I have to do, uh, and then ask him to give me the strength to be obedient. I can't be obedient in my own strength. I can't, be good enough. That was one of the things I always struggled with, um, and I still struggle with. Of I, I, tr- you know, I, I want God to be pleased, um, and so I struggle with just trying to please Him. Sometimes instead of just going and sitting at His feet and just letting Him um, reveal things in me that I need to lay down, or letting Him just. Um, do the work that he does, or just lifting his name on high and sitting and praising and worship with no other motive other than just to worship my king. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I you know, I chased success. Um, I don't know if I ever believed in the prosperity gospel, um, but I chased after all of that and none of that fulfilled, absolutely none fulfilled. Um, do I believe God blesses obedience? Absolutely. Do I think that always happens in um, what you we would see as what we think is a blessing? Um, I think sometimes our definition of a blessing and His blessings are different. And so, yes. getting into the Word and really knowing um, who He is and um, you know what He has done all through Scripture helps us understand what. Blessings are. So I absolutely believe in his blessings, but I don't think it looks like the world thinks blessings should look like.
0: And I I like how you said the blessings that we receive from God um, don't always come in the form that we're expecting, you know? Um, the best gift and the best blessing that we can receive. We've, we've already been given yes. um, and as <laughs> the gift of Jesus and his, um, his death on the cross and his free salvation, his free gift of salvation. Um, I remember a, a mentor told me so many years ago, like if God never does, you know, quote unquote, does anything for me ever again, he he's already done more than I could ever ask or imagine. Yeah. Like if I never get anything new <laughs> or whatever, yeah. you know, if I, if I lose everything, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that God hasn't done anything for me. God has already done more than we could ever ask or need or imagine in his son, Jesus Christ. Um, and just to, to dwell on that and to um, like you said, just just worship at the feet of Jesus and that he is yes. the best gift yes. and he is all we need. So Amen. that is so good, Cheryl. Um, where do you feel that God is leading you from here? What's next in your life? Well, um, he has definitely given me a, um, a desire
1: to teach and write uh, so I'm not sure exactly where that will lead. Uh, he's opened up doors professionally. So, uh, Jason and I, we sold our business in 2021 again, um, 2021 or yeah, 2020, all my years are running together right now. Um, again, um, another just, um, that wasn't something we were necessarily planning to do, uh, but, uh, God opened doors and we, uh, you know, spent time praying about it and thought okay, it was time for that season. Um, at, we had 20 years um, of building that business and it was time. Um, so we sold that in 2021. And then God opened a door for me professionally to where I am doing coaching now um, through an organization called Collision Advice. And So it was actually an organization that we used in consulting, um, but now I consult with uh, body shops from around the country. Um, And so that's what I do um, most every day um, during the day. um, I am on coaching calls with them, and I love it. And I love the opportunity that God's opened that door. Uh, But I also um, have um, just been pressed to write um, some things over the last couple of years. So I'm not sure where God will lead that. I don't know if it's, I'm writing, um, for, you know, something for my kids one day or if I'm writing, um, you know, for any other reason, but I just, I want to be obedient every day. And so I know if I'm obedient today, that will take care of tomorrow. Um, Mm -hmm. and so just living in that, you know, surrender
0: and obedience. That's wonderful. And you are a great writer and a great leader in our church. Thank you for what you do. Um, you and Lynn alternate on the devotionals uh, that Thank you post you. on Slack for our church. Um, so it, it sounds like um, you and Miss Lynn take turns. You listen to the sermon, um, you write up a really some really good devotional um, questions for us as a church, and you post them on Slack. And those those have been such a blessing. So. Thank you for your, your leading and your writing and teaching on that. Um, That's been a huge blessing to me and I know it's blessing so many other people. So I can't wait. You can write a book for me. I mean, (laughs) I'll read it.
1: (laughs) You might be the only one.
0: (laughs) I'll be. I I don't want to write unless I'm supposed to. So. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, I'll definitely be praying for you um, in the direction um, that god will have you go with that and thank you um thank you so much cheryl for sharing your story um, god has done some some really amazing things in your life and i just appreciate um your, your sharing that with all of us today
1: well thank you for having me on i appreciate it it was quite an
0: honor all right we'll see you later
1: all right <laughs> bye
0: bye bye